Well, greetings in the precious name of Jesus. <clears throat> and I am happy to be here to, to share with you this morning. And um, <clears throat> thinking about singing. And some of the things the Bible teaches us about singing. Now, <clears throat> I take for granted most of you got an email that, that Brother uh, uh, Mahler sent. And so he had a specific title in that, uh, that email. Um, <clears throat> and it was this, the value of good Christian singing. Now, <clears throat> so let me uh, qualify things here a, a little bit. <clears throat> so when he first uh, communicated with me uh, uh, about uh, possibly sharing here, uh, he used that phrase, uh, not with capital letters or anything, but just that phrase in a sentence, uh, and so I thought he was speaking in uh, just kind of general terms. He wanted me to bring something about, about singing. And so I, I started thinking and preparing that way. Well, then later, then uh, he did send me this email that he sent to you, I believe. And he had that, uh, the value of, of good Christian singing is more of a specific title of the message. And uh, so <laughs> I thought, well, um, I wasn't really going to title it quite like that, but... Uh, if that's what he's telling you, then uh, I should try to honor that. And uh, so, um, so then I thought, well, that's, you know, I, maybe I could share two messages. And, you know, if we start at 1030 and lunch is not till, till 1230, uh, that would certainly be enough time for two 45-minute messages. And so uh, I asked Brother Milo, and he said, um, no, no, I'll stop <laughs> No, I, I did not ask Brother Milo <laughs> about preaching two messages. <laughs> but what we want to do today, we want to look at a list of uh, values of good Christian singing uh, and a little more besides that also. <laughs> um, this is what we'll do. We'll look at Psalm 96 this morning, and we'll begin by looking at some values of good Christian singing that we see right there in Psalm 96. Then I'll leave that psalm for a few minutes and make uh, and add to the list of, of values of good Christian singing. Then we'll come back to Psalm 96 and look at some more specific things in that particular psalm. So I invite you to Psalm 96. <clears throat> I would like to read it to begin with. Psalm 96. All sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord. Bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For the gods of the nations are idols, but... 
the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Give unto the Lord, O ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come unto his courts. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. Say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth. The world also shall be established that it shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof. Let the field be joyful and all that is therein. Then shall all the trees of the wood rejoice before the Lord. For he cometh, for he cometh to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with his truth. Some values of good Christian singing that we see right here in the beginning of, of this Psalm 96. But first of all, it's very valuable to be obedient to God's word. The peace and joy that comes to my heart from obedience to his word. And he said, sing. Can everybody understand that? <laughs> the peace and joy from obedience. The fact is that the Bible has a direct command, statement, command to sing well over a hundred times. Maybe around 120 some times the Bible commands, implies that we should sing. There's well over 300 references to music in some way or shape or form. Well over 300 references to it in the scriptures. The direct command is saying well over 100 times. You'll have peace and joy in your heart when you're obedient to what God told you to do. That's very valuable. All sing unto the Lord. Well, that's verse 1. Verse 2, we have several things that we could say shows value in good Christian singing. <laughs> verse 2, a sing unto the Lord, bless his name. It's a good way to bless and praise the Lord. Yes, it is. Also in verse 2, it's a good way to express the salvation that the Lord offers. That's what it says in the second part of verse 2. Show forth his salvation from day to day. And the theme here is singing. It's a good way to express his salvation. To express that salvation that the Lord offers. Furthermore, singing is a good way to do it on a regular basis. What does the end of verse 2 say? From day to day. 
Does that mean once a year? Does that mean once a quarter? Or just on my birthday or something? No, it says from day to day. It's a good way to praise and honor him regularly, in a regular fashion, okay? <clears throat> from day to day. In verse 3 then, declare his glory among the heathen. It's a good way to share the glory of God with the unbelievers. Singing is. Another thing in verse 3. The end of the verse, his wonders among all people. Singing is a good way to proclaim his wonders, which means his deeds among everyone. To share the deeds of, of God in a general way. We certainly did that this morning. Various of these things I've mentioned already, we've already done it in Mel's songs that he, he chose. <clears throat> in verses 4 and 5, the value of good Christian singing I'm suggesting that the emphasis in these couple of verses is the word made at the end of verse 5. It's emphasizing the fact of God as creator. As contrasted to idols. So let me read verses 4 and 5. For the Lord is great. And greatly to be praised in song. It's talking about singing right from the beginning. He is to be feared above all gods. And then he talks about idols. Verse 5. For all the gods of the nations are just idols. But, and by the way, whenever you see the word but, make sure you realize the contrasts the contrasting things on each side of that word. But the Lord, underline made, made the heavens. He is the creator. The idols are nothing. So singing is a valuable way in, in pointing and directing our praise to the creator. The creator. Let's consider now some other things that I won't try to pull directly out of this psalm, some other uh, valuable things about good Christian singing. All of you have heard the phrase, the, the family that prays together stays together. And uh, another good phrase is the family that sings together clings together. It has some very valuable uh, things about it to help a family cling together and stay together. <clears throat> it's a wonderful way to praise and adore God in a together way, in a group setting. It certainly is. It unifies and binds us together. You know, we, we, 
we, we sing the same things. So I'm so glad that we, we were singing, as Mel led us this morning, we were singing and saying the same things at the same time. That binds us. That unifies us. It's good to do things together as a body. It helps us to depend upon one another. We were depending upon each other to sing the right notes, all the four parts, to sing them at the correct time. It helps us depend upon each other. I'll give you a little homework assignment. And um, by the way, if you don't know it, um, I, I have a tendency to do that often when I preach to give a homework assignment because in my preparation, in my study, I realize there's so many bunny trails sometimes you can run down, <laughs> but it's not good to run down too many of them in one message, you know. And so, uh, well, can't we do this outside of class? And so I give a homework assignment. And um, so here's a homework assignment. <clears throat> What percentage of singing referred to in the Bible is group singing? In other words, in contrast to just me singing or solo singing. What percentage of singing referred to in the Bible is group singing? Other than, uh, rather than solo singing, okay? Simple enough? Uh, when you find the answer, uh, you can let me know sometime. <laughs> okay. Furthermore, some other values of good Christian singing. It's good for the use of teaching and admonishing one another. Now, that's directly from the scriptures such as Colossians 3.16 and also in Ephesians 5. Teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. So in, in that verse, singing is referred to four Song is referred to four times. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, that's a song. In hymns, that's a song. In spiritual songs, that's a song. Singing, that's a song. And making melody in your heart to the Lord. So the scripture there says, it's useful in teaching and admonishing one another. Good Christian singing is. Furthermore, singing together supplies the music for the worship service. Yes, it supplies the music for the worship service. And the, did, did I say already the Bible says sing many times? It commands us to sing many times. And so that, that's taking music and putting it with words. We call that singing. We call that song. And so the music... That the notes we add with the words is supplying the music for the worship service. That's wonderful. Another thing, 
that's valuable about good Christian singing, that is the old and young can do it together. And it can be a, a teaching tool for the older toward the younger, or to the younger. The old and young can do it together. <clears throat> also, singing together, singing, good Christian singing is a good way to express our beliefs, our doctrines, our teachings. It's a good way to express those beliefs and doctrines through song. Also, it's a good way to express our Christian experience and experiences. Uh, and we sometimes talk about the use of, of gospel songs when we talk about experience. Gospel songs, songs of, of Christian experience, it's a, it's a good way to express some of those experiences through song. Yes, it is. Good Christian singing is valuable as a, a means of responding together. Responding, furthermore, myself. It's a good means of me responding to something. Uh, and also a means of responding together. So hopefully when um, a song of commitment is sung, say after a message, that uh, we're singing it truthfully. That we're singing it truthfully as a congregation, as a group, and that I'm singing it truthfully, personally, from my heart. But it's a wonderful way to respond, not only to a message, but uh, just a general response to God uh, without a message, for that, for that matter. Good Christian singing is valuable because it provides strength and encouragement in special times of need. Strength and encouragement in special times of need, such as funerals, such as at commissionings, when we're commissioning someone to, to go to do a special work. Um, it provides uh, special strength and encouragement in such times. Uh, partings, we often sing a, a parting hymn at the, end of a, at the end of a service, and that's wonderful. And um, those uh, parting hymns can often provide strength and encouragement in that parting, right, the time of parting, and, and until we meet again, you know, that kind of thing. So yes, there's many, many values in good Christian singing. That scratches the surface hopefully a little bit, but uh, you could add many more things to the list, I, I'm sure. <clears throat> Let's then look in a little more detail at Psalm 96. Now, probably the, the confession of faith that you use, that many uh, Anabaptist churches have used for a long time, uh, the very 
uh, first uh, article has to do with the Word of God. And that's good that that is the first one because we base so many of the other 18 articles of faith, if, that, if that's what you use, we base them on the Word of God. And so certainly the Word of God is, is a good one to have first. But we believe it says in the, the plenary and verbal inspiration of the Word of God. That means uh, the, the full in its completion, and, and we're suggesting that, that God even chose the words. He, in the original writings, he, 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 by His Holy Spirit, guided the writer's hand that they would write the words that He wanted them to write. So therefore, when, when we read the Scriptures, it's best not to just say, well, there's one lofty thought coming out of these ten verses. Just one lofty thought, and if I catch that, I'll, I'll be okay. Well, no, that, that's a poor way to look at the Scriptures. If we believe in the inspiration by the Holy Spirit of the writers that wrote, and we do, then we should take seriously the words they used and the phrases they used. Do we not believe that God could have did guide their very words and phrases? Yes, we do. We believe in the plenary and verbal inspiration of the word. Article number one. <clears throat> so let's look at some of these phrases and words in Psalm 96. <clears throat> we already talked about the fact of the command to sing and how many times it's used in the scripture and so forth. Notice uh, right in the beginning phrase, it says, sing unto the Lord, sing unto the Lord, capital L-O-R-D. The word Lord, that word Lord is used in this little short psalm 11 times. Should that not get our attention? And if that's not enough, look at this. His personal pronoun, like he, him, and his, is 15 times in this little psalm. Who's in focus here, you see? And this capital Lord is Jehovah. It's the, the great I am. It's the eternal one. Furthermore, already, or also in, in the very first phrase, the very first line of the psalm, it ends with the, the words, new psalm, new Psalm. Now listen to this. <clears throat> the word new is used in the scripture referring to a, a person that's been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. It, the word new is used that way with that, for that type of person 24 times. Of those 24 times that the word new is talking about a redeemed person, nine times says a new song. New song, right together. <laughs> Does that say anything about how a redeemed person should be acting and doing and relating to God? 
It certainly does. New song, nine of the 24 times. <clears throat> what does it mean by new? Does it mean words that you never sung, were never sung before? I'm sure it doesn't always. It certainly would include that, I'm, I, I feel sure. Um, what is a new song? Fresh? From a new heart? Not from an old man, but from a new man? Not from an old sinner, but from uh, one that has a new heart, a changed heart, because he's been made new by the blood of Jesus Christ? From one that's been born again, he'll have a new song. Not from the old man, but the new man. A song fitting for the redeemed. By the word, uh, uh, by the way, um, the word new song is in the Psalms. Six times. So, a new song from a new heart, from a new person, a new man. A new, a fresh, a fresh anthem to God, a fresh, a fresh song uh, to God. And yes, I believe we can sing the same song over and over again, and we certainly do. And it can be new from our heart to God. It certainly can. But, but let me just, just remind you of how it's used just, just one time. If you'll flip back quickly to Psalm 40. Psalm 40. So let me just read the first three verses here of Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth. Even praise to our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Uh, dear people, this morning, does it happen to be any of you? I, I mean, not just part of that being your testimony, but could all of that be your testimony? And shouldn't it? It certainly should. Um, so preachers, um, you could make a sermon just out of those first three verses there. And just go into detail on, on what those first three verses are saying and, 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 and preach about it. He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Because of what he was brought out of and from, verse 2. And the effect it should have on others around, the end of verse 3.
Well, the end, the end of verse 1, Psalm 96 now, the end of verse 1, all the earth, uh, people everywhere, all the lands, all the world, all the nations, that's what it's saying. <clears throat> now I want to suggest to you in the next number of verses that this psalm tells us what we should sing, why we should sing, and how we should sing. Let's look at the verses. Verses 2 and 3. What we should sing. Verse 2. Sing unto the Lord. Bless His name. Show forth His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the heathen. His wonders among all people. So to me, that makes a little list of at least three things as to what we should sing. The end of verse 2, show forth his salvation in our singing. In our song should be showing forth his salvation. And you could go into some detail about that, which I won't. But what all that could include, showing forth his salvation in our song. That's what we should sing. Furthermore, what we should sing is in a couple more things in verse 3. Declare his glory among the heathen in our song. That's what we should sing. It should be declaring the glory of the Lord. And last of the three, what we should sing his wonders among all people. That's simply his doings, his deeds is really what it means. His deeds or his works, his deeds, the wonders of his deeds. They are so, we, can't, we cannot comprehend. They're, they're, they're beyond our imagination. They're wonders that makes us wonder, how could this be? Well, it could be and it is because of God the creator, period. That's why. It, it, it's, it's a wonder, but it's true. And declare that, that's what we should sing, declare those things in our song, in our singing among the people. Declare that to each other. If it says among the people, then that means as we sing together, we're, 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 we're testifying to that in the presence of each other. That's what we should sing. We should sing of his salvation. We should sing of his glory. We should sing of his wonderful deeds. Verses 2 and 3. Now in verses 4 and 5, we can easily see why we should sing. Do you notice how verse 4 and 5 began? The first word in those two verses? Four. In other words, I'm getting ready to tell you why. This is why. For the Lord is great. That's why. That's why we should sing. And he's greatly to be praised. That's why we should sing. He is to be feared above all gods. Uh, that's why we should sing. 
for all the gods of the nations are but idols, but the Lord made the heavens. That's why we should sing. Oh, and we got verse 6 yet. Honor and majesty are before him. That's why we should sing. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Yes, that's why we should sing. I'm suggesting to you that then in verses 7 to 9, we see how we should sing. How we should sing. Verse 7. Let me just read verses 7, 8, and 9. Then we'll talk about them. Give unto the Lord. O ye kindreds of the people, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. How should we sing? Give unto the Lord, O ye kindreds of the people, give unto the Lord the glory and strength. That's how we should sing. In our singing, how should we do it? We should be doing it in such a way that it gives him glory and strength. Ascribe the glory and strength that's due him. Look at the next verse, verse 8. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. And on this one, I have to confess for myself and for you also. We'll never be able to do it in these old bodies. I'm talking about the glory that's due unto his name. <laughs> I mean, we can try our best, and, and God just expects our best. He knows we're limited. He knows we're limited in our thinking. He knows we're limited in what we can do physically. He knows that better than we do. But we can try our best. And, 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 and in these human and earthly bodies, we can do what we can do. Give unto the Lord, verse 8, the glory due unto his name. Try our best to do that. That's how we should sing. The end of verse 8. Bring an offering and come into his courts. I won't take time to turn to it, but it's important that you put Hebrews 1315 alongside of this verse. Now we will turn back, flip back to Psalm 27 here, but, but uh, I won't take time, but if you're jotting down something, jot down Hebrews 
13, 15, and make, that could be a, your second homework assignment, and compare Hebrews 13, 15 with, with this verse and with Psalm 27, 6. So let's flip back to Psalm 27, 6 right now. <clears throat> 27, 6. <clears throat> and this is what it says. <clears throat> and now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore... Will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy? I will sing. Yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. What does verse 8 say of, of 96? It says, Give unto the Lord glory due to his name. Bring an offering, bring an offering, and come into his courts. We believe this psalm is talking about the theme is singing because of how it begins. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Psalm 27, 6 says, I will offer in this tabernacle sacrifices of joy. And he's suggesting to you what it should be. I will sing. Yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Well, that's wonderful. That's, that's the scripture. That's the offering. That's the offering that God wants. That's how we should sing. Our song should be an offering. That's how we should sing. It, it, we should sing in such a way that it is an offering from our heart to, to God, to the Lord. <clears throat> We have verse 9 yet. How should we sing? Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him, reverential fear before him, all the earth as we sing. But the first part of the verse, oh, worship the Lord. How should we sing? Oh, worship the Lord in holiness. You know full well that God's going to have a problem with you singing a beautiful song, singing a heavy-duty song, singing a song that the words are very forthright and straightforward. God's going to have a problem with that if your heart's not right. If you're not singing in holiness, and he's suggesting here that holiness is beautiful to God, that when you, you are a, a beautiful example of holiness in your personal life, then your song will mean something to God. And, and if, you're, if your life is not holiness before God, then likely the song you're singing is hypocritical. Oh, worship the Lord. Oh, sing to the Lord. Oh, worship the Lord with song. We're talking about singing. That's how the psalm begins. In the beauty of holiness. And I, I confess that when I was young, we sang out a Life Songs number two there at Ebenezer. <clears throat> and so that song in there, 
Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, in the beauty of holiness, in the beauty of holiness. And so I have, I think I counted one time, but if you sing all three verses of that song, how many times you sang in the beauty of holiness? It's quite a few times. And so it just kind of rolls off your lips just like it did mine in the beauty of holiness and the beauty of holiness. And when I was young, we would sing that song. And I, what I'm saying, I, I confess that I didn't realize, didn't think about what I was singing. Didn't realize what I was singing, actually. Uh, that B-E-A, you know, that beauty, that's kind of a neat sound, kind of a beauty, you know, beauty, beauty, beauty. beauty. Uh, and... Uh, you know, um, all I was kind of waiting for is after the, the, the soprano and alto sang their part in the middle of the song for, uh, for the men to come in with their bass and tenor in the next part of the song. And, and oh, you know, the fermata there at the beginning, worship the Lord, you know. And I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't thinking about the beauty of holiness, you know. But uh, here, the scripture says... The psalmist says, O oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. O oh, oh, worship in song in holiness. And that's beautiful to God. <clears throat> Continuing with the verses of, of this psalm, verse 10. By the way, don't forget those things in verses 7, 8, and 9 are how we should sing. <clears throat> Verse 10 now. Say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth. The world also shall be established that it shall not be moved. Let's talk about that first part of verse 10 just a little. <clears throat> the world today seems rather shaky. In many different areas, the world seems rather shaky. And most of you would probably say amen to that. But say among the heathen, there's a day coming when it won't shake anymore. That the Lord reigns and the world will be established that it shall not be moved. The note in my Bible for moved is shaken. Say among the heathen that the Lord reigns. He's in charge. We believe he's in charge. He's letting the world be shaky right now, but a day is coming when it won't shake. It won't be moved and it'll be established. We believe that. I hope you believe that. I believe that. As we come to the end of this psalm, a question years ago would come up over and over in my mind. Because I would read Psalm 96 and see how it ends. I would read Psalm 98 and see how it ends. And this beauty, these two beautiful songs of singing and praise ended about judgment. And I wondered why? Psalmist, what, what did you have in mind when, when after talking about singing and praise, then you want to quick finish it by talking about judging? What's the deal? Until one day, or maybe over a period of time, uh, thank God for His Holy Spirit that I think brought it to my attention 
And I could say it just kind of shortly like this. Well, by the way, in the end of all things, at the end of the earth, in the end of the world, who do you want to be the judge? I mean, do you want Satan to be the judge? I mean, if you're born again and you've given your heart to Jesus Christ and you're walking with the Lord and you know His blood is covering your sins, do you want Satan to to somehow change that in the end of the world? Or do you want God to be the judge and and you know that that you'll be in, in heaven because your sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus? And so you're so thankful that God will be the judge rather than someone else. With that in mind, let's read these last verses. So we have to start in the, begin, in the middle of verse 10. He shall judge the people righteously. The Lord, of course, is who it's talking about. Do you want unrighteous judgment or, 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 or would you like righteous judgment? You see, he shall judge the people righteously. Even with the first time he thought about it, the first time he wrote that, then then it's like, wow, this this is so wonderful that the one who saved me, the one where my salvation comes from, will be the judge. And with that in mind, just <laughs> Let the whole world rejoice about this. Even let, let nature rejoice about this. So verse 11. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof. Let the field be joyful and all that is therein. Then shall all the trees of the wood rejoice before the Lord. And then he, he repeats this thing about this righteous judge, which just it was just just thrilling his heart. For this is why you see there the, after the first few words of, of verse thirteen. For this is why, for he the Lord cometh, he cometh to judge the earth, not somebody else. But the righteous judge will be the judge. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with his truth. I mean, do you want somebody to judge you that's telling a lie? Or do you want somebody to judge you that's telling the truth? I go for the truth way. And so I'm so thankful for the end of Psalm 96 and for the end of Psalm 98. Well, this psalm has so much to offer. It gives us some values of good Christian singing. Yes, it does at the beginning. It tells us how we should sing. It tells us why we should sing. It tells us what we should sing. I trust that um, this psalm can be a blessing to you as it has to me. We're going to... Sing now at this time. Brother Mills will come and lead us in, um, what is it, number 79? Number 79 in their songbook. Angels, holy, high, and lowly, sing the praises of the Lord. <laughs>